Welcome to Grad School, the Bruce Gradkowski Podcast. Up in your football knowledge, class is now in session. Grad School is back, baby. We're back. Man, exciting week. You know what? Aaron Rodgers is a beast. He is just a beast. That game was unbelievable. Browns, you disappointed. Browns disappointed. You know, I thought uh, jumping on that bandwagon, they were playing well. They have the quarterback, and then they lost. Uh, the Steelers, the Steelers with the upset in Cincinnati, uh, but I don't think it was an upset because Ben plays so well in Cincinnati. We're going to touch on those three games. Um, other news around the league, you know, we, it was surprising that everyone picked the Bears to beat the Dolphins because Brock Osweiler was starting. But I'll tell you what, man, Osweiler was one of my top quarterbacks of the week. Throwing for 380 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, you fill in for a quarterback. You're the backup quarterback. I don't care how you win and how you do it. But if you win as a backup quarterback, that is just huge. You know, not only uh, for your self-confidence, but for the team. The team's confidence in you that you could step up and play and win a game, win down, face with adversity. Your team needs it. The Dolphins needed that win. Man, it was ugly, honestly. Both teams back and forth. They both tried giving the game away. And Osweiler, I know you guys have seen the play at the end where they fumbled on the goal line. That looked like a zone read. Osweiler most likely should have just kept that football, and he would have been e- been in easily uh, for the touchdown. And, you know, I'm sure they talked about that in the film room the next day. Like, Brock, you know, you're reading that. If you see Khalil Mack hesitate at all um, or go down with the running back, you just keep it. Now, as a quarterback, though, if you're doubting anything, just hand the ball off, and that's what he did. I mean, Trubisky, 316 yards, three touchdowns. Trubisky, man, he's athletic. That dude is fun to watch. I mean, if they could put it together in – in Chicago, they have the good defense, and Trubisky continue to grow. I like him, man. I, I like watching him a lot. I think uh, other games around the league, the Broncos, and I'll touch on the Broncos more on, on Thursday on my NFL radio show with Bruce Murray on Sirius X, XM 11-3, so tune in. But we'll preview the Broncos game for, for Thursday night. But Keenum, 322 yards, two touchdowns. Very impressive to come back in the game against the Rams. What's most more impressive, though, is the Rams going into a cold environment. You saw the snow coming down before the game, and they come away with the win. And, I mean, the thing that's insane, and the reason Bron- the Broncos really look have to look hard inside that locker room in the coaching staff is defensively. I mean, you get shredded the week before by the Jets in the running game. Then Todd Gurley, of course, best running back in the league, Rushing for 208 yards and two touchdowns. So something's got to change in Bronco country defensively. I think Keenum, we all wanted to complain about his turnovers early on in the football game or early on in the season. But come on, man, defensively, um, you got to stop the run. A few times they got after Goff. I mean, the Rams are fortunate that they actually were able to run the football because Goff looked scared in the pocket at times. I think um, they were putting some good pressure on him. Bradley Chubb finally coming to the scene, making some plays, and uh, that's going to be huge for them going forward with him and Von Miller. 
But I'll tell you what, they have to try to fix the run. We saw on Thursday night football, the Eagles-Giants. Man, you know what? I turned that game off. I'll be honest. I put on the movie The Sixth Sense with Bruce Willis. You guys, have, have you seen that? I mean, it's it's a thriller. It's a thriller. It's kind of um, it's kind of strange, but, you know, look, it's Halloween time. I, I enjoy scary movies. I need a scarier movie, so please tweet me a scary movie. But I need, I don't like fake scary movies. They got to feel and seem real. You know, if some uh, monster alien comes down, you know, I'm not, it's not going to do it for me. I need something that's for real freaky, uh, real life type stuff. So I put on the sixth sense. We finished it. I had to do it for the wife. You know, you hear Bruce Murray and I talking on NFL radio about our wives and uh, all the time we invest in watching these football games. But uh, I had to watch a Halloween movie with her because Eli Manning is looking scary to be honest. And I feel bad because he's had a tremendous career. He's had a tremendous run, a uh, two-time Super Bowl champion, and he's done it in New York. And uh, I just would like to see him go out better. I thought Shermer really would uh, resonate his career. and But, you know, it's just not happening. Carson Wentz, one of my top QBs of the week, that dude is a baller, 25-36, 278 yards, three touchdowns. That dude is on it, and he's smooth, he's clutch, he's tough. Coming after the ACL injury and being back so fast, just so impressive, man. It's so impressive. The Bucks, Falcons, Jameis Winston playing again. Uh, impressive uh, with stats for Jameis Winston. Uh, 395 yards, four touchdowns, but two interceptions. A few of those he can eliminate. One was just terrible it looked like and I didn't get to see the coaches cut up yet but it looked like he lofted that post in the middle of the field for the free safety to just fair catch you have to make better decisions than that you know otherwise for the most part he was fairly accurate I was impressed with his accuracy in the football game and you know they're driving late in the football in the game against the Falcons and they try that trickery you know instead of a Hail Mary Winston's going to actually just quarterback draw it and try to flip it behind them. And um, I'll have a video of that on my Twitter, but that was that was pretty cool to see. You know, something that coaches now are thinking outside the box and they're not just going to just loft up a Hail Mary and pray uh, because if you don't have Aaron Rodgers throwing it or possibly a Jimmy Graham or someone like that on the receiving end, uh, I mean, they do have Mike Evans, but – they took their chances of basically Jameis Winston being the point guard, attacking the defense, trying to pitch it behind him, and eventually get it to Deshaun Jackson. But on that last play, I don't think the defense would have been, you know, not fundamentally sound if the ball didn't hit the ground. Once the defense saw the fumble around on the ground, now the defense attacks it where if – that play ran smooth, and Jameis Winston attacked the defense, pitched it like he should have earlier, and they start executing a play from there. I don't think the defense um, becomes unsound. I think they still stay, stay sound and secure those sidelines. But, um, yeah, it, it was cool to see, though. And my man Matt Bryant with the 58-yard field goal. You know, the announcers on the game were giving them crap. Like, man, you're not really going to kick a 58-yarder, are you? Yes, 
I am, said Dan Quinn. Boom, Matt Bryant, 58-yarder, 43-year-old vet. The dude does it. You know why? Because he was a rookie, or I was a rookie, in Tampa when he nailed a 62-yard field goal against the Eagles for the win. And I thank Matt Bryant for that because that was one of my wins as a rookie. And I appreciate that because at the time it seemed impossible and the dude banged it home. It was unbelievable. So the veteran Matt Bryant continues uh, to bring it the Redskins in Carolina. Uh, The Redskins with a huge win against Carolina. Not even going to go into that because I really don't care. Um, And yeah, but I want to get to the more of the Browns. And we talked about a little bit. But I'll listen to what Hugh Jackson has to say. It's uh, not where we, you know, want to be. Don't want to play that way. Uh, I don't have an excuse for it. As I told you guys yesterday, I'm not going to make excuses for our football team. Uh, we didn't play well. And that starts with me. All the way down, we got to get better. Uh, we recognize that. The team is starting to watch the tape. I'm sure they recognize that. And to a man, uh, I think they want to go back out. we got another opportunity this week go out and rectify our problems and uh, play better. Uh, so again, it's disappointing in front of our fans. Even if we're on the road, it's not the way we want to play. Uh, it's not the football team that I envision us becoming. Uh, we need to continue to work, uh, do the little things all, at all times that give us a chance to win. So uh, we broke down fundamentally in a lot of different places yesterday. So uh, we'll you know, clean those things up uh, as fast as we can and we'll start moving forward. But uh, I'm disappointed about yesterday, but I'm not discouraged by any stretch. Um, Our players are going to continue to work extremely hard and harder than we ever have uh, to rectify our issues so that we have the best chance to win a football game. You're right, Hugh. You're right. You have to play better. I mean, all around, I think um, people were asking before, how do you keep this group humbled? But football humbles you in general. I mean, you just you got to bring it week in and week out. I think um, the Browns had some good moments. I know Hugh, Hugh said he didn't feel like they were ever a part of that game. Um, but I feel like they were. At one point, this game wasn't as ugly as it seemed. I mean, the Chargers only 11% on third down. The thing about it, though, is the Browns turned it over twice. And they've been good at the turnover battle the turnover margin and and the Chargers only turned it over once. Um, But the biggest thing I think, and this is where the game got out of hand uh, to me is when um, it was in the second quarter. I mean, you got uh, peppers with a huge punt return down to the 36 yard line. They get no points out of it. Okay. The Browns get no points. Then you punt. Rivers, back-to-back, they call the same plays. And Rivers said it to Tyrell Williams, the big post down the middle of the field. They called it back-to-back plays, and they score. So you see that turn of events right there, okay? So now it's 14-3. Browns get into the red zone fringe right at the end of the first half, about 2 minutes and 13 seconds left. And it's a fourth and two, and they go for it. And they don't get it. So not only do you not settle for points there to go 14-6, but you try to go for 14-2. I don't hate on Hugh Jackson or Todd Haley for being aggressive there. Hey, it's all good. Do that. That's great. But they don't 
get it. They don't convert. So now this way, Rivers turns around, goes the length of the field with 51 seconds remaining and throws a touchdown to Tyrell Williams again. And the thing that's frustrating if you're a Cleveland Browns fan on this one and you guys just seem to have bad luck with referees, but the left tackle for the Chargers jumped off sides. Russell Okong, he jumped off sides, and they didn't call it. And it usually the play stops, but yet Rivers throws a touchdown. And on that play, yes, I mean, as uh, in the back end, you can't have an excuse. You continue to have to play the play. But the Steelers do it all the time. Other teams around the league try to do it all the time. Get a defense to jump off sides so you have a free play. But I'll tell you what, it worked reverse. The Chargers drew their own offensive line off sides we're able to continue to play alive and he throws a touchdown pass over top and the defense at the time it looked like they were double teaming Keenan Allen Keenan Allen was on a two re- two wide receiver side and he was running he was in the slot he was running like a deep out route which we call a flag route or a um a corner route or you know um and he had a post over top of him so the Browns are double teaming Keenan Allen he runs the out route the safety um, and defender sit with Keenan Allen, so there's no one over top. And Phillip Rivers, being the veteran that he is, understanding defenses, understands the weak part is over the top, kind of like a quarter's coverage, and he lofts a post over top for the touchdown. So they go up 21-3 at half. And, um, you know, and then it's it's in the third quarter. You know, third quarter, or, you know, it's the Browns make it 21-6. Okay, they're in tight red. They got they got to settle for the field goal. So right there, uh, settling for a field goal in a tight red zone instead of converting that to a touchdown to make it 21-10. Whole different ball game, whole different look. It's 21-6 now. And then Mayfield's interception in the third quarter turns into um, Gordon's touchdown. And so now it's 28-6. And at this point, um, good luck, Browns fans. And... At least you're drinking Bud Light because that Kohler's open because you won a game this year and two. But, you know, so those those are the plays that the game looks out of hand, but then when you look back at it, it's not as crazy as you thought, right? So you have some positive things there to look at. And I think going forward, you have a few more um, games before you're by if you're a Cleveland Browns fan. And you're playing at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is a wounded dog right now. They just um, fired their defense coordinator. There's some changes over there. Jameis Winston, you know, they're unsure if he's the future of that franchise. You have to take advantage of that if you're Cleveland because you need to, to win because now you're at Pittsburgh after that. In Pittsburgh, October 28th. And then you have Kansas City at home and then Atlanta at home. Then you have a bye week. So... The Browns, if they stand any chance at all, they have to beat Tampa Bay. Pittsburgh, they finished in a tie first week of the season at Pittsburgh as well. And Pittsburgh's starting to really play well. Pittsburgh's going to be coming off a bye week. So that's going to be a tough game for the Browns. So you have to win in Tampa because then you want to go in Pittsburgh. Say you drop one to Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Now you got to beat Atlanta. So And then going into your bye week. So that's the look of what the Browns have uh, coming forward. Now let's take a look at 
the man, the myth, the legend, Aaron Rodgers. The dude was unbelievable last night. It was just, I mean, did you guys have a chance to watch that? Because we're watching the game, and at some points during the game, I'm just like, man, I, f- I feel bad that this dude's hurt. You know, look at him. He's just limping around. He can't follow through. He can't twist on that left knee. He still is able to just sling it like no other. And, um, but still, it, it was it was tough to watch because um, he just, you know, I, I don't like watching Aaron Rodgers gimp around. I mean, the dude is so athletic and he's able to make plays with his legs and now with his knee hurt, it's just really hard for him to um, to continue to try to do that because even in the red zone one time, he probably would have scored, but then he wasn't able to because because of his bum knee, you know. But what what a comeback! And I want to listen to Mike McCarthy right right now after the game. Here with with Mason getting the final kick, uh, the two two minute drives there, you know, led by Aaron Rodgers. The defensive stops, uh, the adversity, key plays that we made uh, were just huge. Uh, so you obviously want to go into the bye week clean, and and I think we're gonna we're gonna be in pretty good shape uh, medically, so our guys have a chance to rest up and, and get back at it because we know the stretch run we have there. So a lot of good things tonight. Uh, obviously, some things we we like to do better, but uh, that's what the bye week's for. And, uh, I'm sure it was a great, entertaining game. But just love the fight of our football team and. Uh, Good win. I'll take your questions. So, Coach, talk a little bit about that last two-minute drive. Yeah, I, I mean, Aaron's had great ones throughout the years, and I, I just, you know, the time and uh, just really the menu, the operation, and I'd have to do his clinic. I mean, there's, there's some, so many key plays are all the way down to the end, you know, to, you know, even taking all the time off of the clock, you know, kicking the field goal there three seconds. So, uh, key plays, you know, connections with Devontae, working the boundary, um, so you know, the, the, even after the big, the big play by Kevin King, huge play to give us a chance to even have the last series there. You know, after the you know, after the penalty there on a the kickoff, you know, give the 49ers good field position. So you know, the first selection there with a run. So I mean, it just uh, top-notch stuff. I mean, it is. It's amazing, man. When you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers at the helm, it's just. It's unbelievable because you always stand a chance, you know, and it's the same thing with the Steelers and we'll get to them. But when you have Aaron Rodgers at the helm, you always stand a chance. And that's what he proved last night, man. I mean, we thought we were going into overtime and I'm thinking, man, it's getting late. I'm tired. Please end this. And Rodgers finishes with 425 yards, two touchdowns, just a gutsy performance by him. Just tough. We saw it, him limping around a little bit on that last possession. It was just, you know, but C.J. Beather, man, I give you credit, dude. You played well, 245 yards, two touchdowns. The interception at the end, you know, Green Bay is bringing an all-out blitz, and he lofts it up. He's throwing it to the right receiver, but in that play, you just got to lay it downfield even more, and sometimes when you let the ball go so early like he did, it's hard because you feel like you're going to really overthrow uh, your receiver. But in that point, he was trying to give his receiver a chance. Great play defensively by the Packers to get that interception. In no way, well, I don't want to say in no way did we think the Packers would turn around and score because you do have Aaron Rodgers at the helm. And that was just, uh, 
Impressive. Goodwin with four receptions, 126 yards, and two touchdowns for the Niners. That was uh, impressive. Aaron Rodgers, like I said, 425 yards. And then um, Adams with 10 catches, 132 yards, two touchdowns. Jimmy Graham, five catches, 104 yards. So they're starting to um, spread the ball around a little bit. And, uh, and, and Rodgers said it after the game. You know, that that's the kind of – um, you know, that's the kind of distribution they need from the receivers and Jimmy Graham. And because if, if Rogers is like the point guard, man, just set him back in that pocket, let him pick apart defenses and he'll do that. What was so sad to me though, was at the end of the game, when you understand that you can't give up a pass and stop the clock to out of bounds because there's no time. Green Bay has no timeouts remaining twice possibly even three times they throw back shoulder fades and a cover two look which you could get away with that if it's two man look Ben Roethlisberger's done it all the time when I was in Pittsburgh but the thing is at the end of a football game like that that corner has to be playing outside leverage do not let that receiver have that sideline like that because that's the only pass you do not want him to complete on the sideline even if the receiver catches it inbounds in front of you you could tackle him there's no way Green Bay could have got up and and spiked the ball with that amount of with that little of a time left. So that was just poor defensive playing uh, by the by the Niners. It was it was sad at the end. I mean, but you can't help the shredding that Aaron Rodgers put on, and the guy is just magnificent at the end of football games when it matters the most. He is just unbelievable. But I'll tell you what, too, that is that is key is. The Niners, three turnovers lost. I mean, you're not going to win the turnover battle. You're not going to win the football game playing away in Green Bay with three turnovers. Third down, the Niners were 22% and Green Bay was 30%. But I'll tell you what, man, is is you can't expect to win that game being on the road turnover like that. And then again, it is Aaron Rodgers who is just unbelievable. He just played... Just like I said, just gutsy, gutsy performance. And it's tough playing with injuries because week in and week out, you're not getting much practice time because he's probably trying to limit uh, what he put, the strain he puts on that knee. And hopefully now going into the bye week that he'll have an opportunity to get healthy a little bit because we want to see a healthy Aaron Rodgers um, towards the end of the season. I mean, we want to see him really – you know what he can do with a healthy leg so hopefully a couple times he made a few good plays with his legs they're going to be on a bye week so he'll have an opportunity to get healthy because then he comes back a Sunday afternoon game against the Rams that one's going to be exciting to watch now the thing is with the Rams offensive power I don't know if Green Bay can stop him but yet again I can never bet against Aaron Rodgers it's almost like Aaron Rodgers Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady, it's just very hard for me because those three dudes at the right opportunity and in key moments of the game, situational football, ends of games, third downs, red zones, you just never know. These guys can always make plays, and that's why they're so exciting to watch. And then the Packers play the Patriots at Foxborough. Foxborough. That is going to be an unbelievable matchup. So the next two weeks after... Green Bay's by. They have the Rams and the Patriots. So Green Bay really has to get it thumping going in the latter part of the season with some of their key matchups.
Now let's look at the Steelers. Let's take a look at Big Ben and these Steelers. They played the Bengals. Um, what a game this was. You know what? It, it was It was a clean game. I'll say that uh, for the most part. I mean, no, no turnovers on either side. And... Um, it was clean, you know. Not you would have thought a lot of like unsportsmanlike penalties and all that, but no, not at all. It was um, pretty clean football game. Came down to the wire. I mean, it was exciting. Dalton twenty six of forty two, two hundred twenty nine yards, two touchdowns, and um, Joe Mixon eleven carries, sixty four yards, and a TD. And you know the the stats I want to look at is third down. You know, both both teams, like I said, it was a clean game. It was just a really even matched game. The Steelers were 57% on third down, which is awesome. And the Bengals were 50%. I mean, both really good. No turnovers. You know, time of possession. Steelers had 10 more minutes and about nine more minutes than, than the Bengals. But it was really a, a good overall matchup. And I think that's why it comes down to the end. It comes down to the X factor. Big Ben, 32 of 46, 369 yards and one touchdown. And I want to, I want to get his uh, call on that. what happened on that last play of the game. Yeah, they, they blitzed everybody. Um, had a great great play call. And really, it was once I saw them starting to roll down into a zero, I knew what they were doing. I mean, if they, they weren't, they were disguising it. But uh, it was catch the ball, deliver it, and let the, let the rest happen. And, you know, it's one of those ones that uh, – once it, you know, you, you're playing out in your mind, and, and I knew they were going zero, and it was in my head this could be a touchdown. I mean, worst case scenario, uh, you know, we're, we're moving the chains and getting some yards, but there's a really good chance that he's going to score on this play as long as I do my part and get him the ball. And, um, you know, everyone did awesome. Justin Hunter was a guy there that, that huge play on his part by running up through there and clearing it out for him. There it is. That, that, that's an unbelievable play call. Randy Feekner, offensive coordinator, understands that situation in the game. Look, you're in field goal range. You're where you want to be. You have an opportunity to kick the field goal for the win. Yes, Boswell has struggled throughout times throughout the year, but he's never missed a kick in Cincinnati or against the Bengals, and he's gotten them out of out of that stadium multiple times by converting, by hitting big game-winning kicks. That would have been a big confidence builder, for Chris Boswell, but I think it go it hats off to the Steelers that they didn't make it come down to that. Randy Feekner understood the situation. He understands your infield goal range. He understands the Bengals have to make something happen. They have to come after you. So what do they do? They dial up a zero blitz, and he's got a hot, a quick slant to AB to the one side, another concept to the other side. Ben does a great job recognizing what he has. And what coverage they're about to bring. He just said it. He saw zero bliss. He saw everyone up in the line of scrimmage. He understood that all he has to do is get this ball out of his hands as quick as he can to A.B. And watch A.B. do the rest. And A.B. did the rest. And that was pretty cool because that was basically a walk-off touchdown. And Justin Hunter, man, give him a lot of credit. And Ben said it there. Justin Hunter came off the ball, got a key block which is not technically allowed to block, but the referee said it. It's, it's just too close a call because it's right in the line of scrimmage. Uh, Justin Hunter was on the ball. A.B. came in a little short motion, stacked him. So A.B.'s behind him, a little on the left hip of Justin uh, Hunter. 
and there's a defender press on Justin Hunter. So at the snap of the ball, all Justin Hunter has to do is come off the football and stay inside leverage of that defensive back. Boom, A.B. comes underneath, touchdown. Steelers win, walk off. Very impressive. Very impressive of, of how that uh, all shaped down. And, um, you know, Ben, shoot, 369 yards and a touchdown. James Conner, 19 attempts for 111 yards and two TDs. And you heard Ben talk about it too. His last football game because uh, Le'Veon Bell's coming back. Shoot, I don't think anyone in Pittsburgh really knows if he's coming back or not. Um, but, you know, that, 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 really makes this Steelers football team that much dangerous to think um, that you got Le'Veon Bell coming back another weapon because James Conner, man, has really carried the load. He has done a fantastic job in the running game, in the passing game. So now to to match that up with Le'Veon Bell, this is going to be a good backfield. And the reason I don't worry is because, look, you need two running backs to carry the load throughout the course of a year. I mean, you need two good backs. So now Connor's been getting banged up. Steelers, yes, are on their bye week. Um, but, shoot, man, it's uh, it's theirs for the taking. They they get Le'Veon Bell back. Juju Smith, um, Juju, Juju Smith, seven catches, 111 yards. It, it's just cool to see. Juju and A.B., man, they complement each other so well. I still think the Steelers need to continue to try to attack downfield, get some speed out there. I know uh, Darius Hayward Bay is coming off a little high ankle injury, but um, they need to uh, they need to continue to attack downfield. You saw Juju Smith work in the middle of the field. Awesome. Two-minute drill. I mean, that's what Ben does. Ben, Aaron Rodgers, we see it all the time. These franchise quarterbacks – not only franchise, but future Hall of Famers. That's what separates them. Look, we, you guys can complain all the time about, man, Ben threw a pick in the red zone or Ben, you know, this and that. I'll tell you what, when the game's on the line, you want him to have the ball in his hands because he'll make plays like that happen. The beginning of that two-minute drive didn't look pretty. He was missing some throws, throwing some incompletes. And then, look, hits Juju Smith down the middle, middle hits A.B. on a huge um, – Quick slant, touchdown Steelers, they win, walk off. Now the Steelers go into a bye week, then they face the Browns and then the Ravens. So the Steelers really have to heal up this week, hopefully get Le'Veon back, Le'Veon Bell back into the building and go from there because this is a good football team. And then next thing you know, you put Le'Veon Bell on this roster once again, and this team's going to be hard to beat. And this is the time of year you want to continue playing better football. And that's the, what the Steelers are really known for. I mean, if you a lot of times the Steelers have won Super Bowls, getting into the playoffs as the number six seed, and they were just playing well at the time. Boom, you roll through the playoffs and you win the Super Bowl. I think that's what the Steelers need. Last year, um, they came off what a bye. And just looks just look crappy, man, against the Jaguars. So I'd rather see them go into the playoffs having to play a wild card game and then win throughout the playoffs because that's when they're going to be at their best when they continue to play. Now they have to come out strong after their bye week against the Browns because then they play the Ravens, then the Panthers, Jaguars, Broncos, Chargers, Raiders, Patriots later on in the year. Um, so... You know, they got some matchups. 
they have some matchups waiting for them, and then the Saints, and they'll finish with the Bengals. So um, it's going to get real. It's going to get exciting. It already has. And like I said earlier, uh, check me out on Twitter, bgradkowski5, listening on NFL Sirius XM Radio, uh, 11 to 3 on Thursdays, and 93.7 The Fan on Wednesdays, 3 to 4. And if you want to listen to a college football game, I was calling Utah State UNLV last week for Stadium Facebook Live. This week, I will be calling the broadcast with the Toledo Rockets. They play Buffalo. Yes, Khalil Mack's old school. Look, there's a lot of Mack ballers in the NFL. Khalil Mack, Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, Kareem Hunt. The list goes on. Yes, the Mack, baby. You got to love it. You guys keep it real. Have a great week. Tune in next time.